0: Here's Pastor Scott. Think about it much to understand that if you've been in church for any length of time. Do you know that the average church in America, listen, church attendance has been in decline in America since the 80s. Church attendance has been in decline across the whole nation since the 80s. And even prior before that, obviously, but the drastic decline started happening in the 90s. And prior to the pandemic, the church had already... Been in massive decline, not just abundant life, but churches all across the nation, and the pandemic cut the average church in America in by more than half. So this was true when Jesus said it two thousand years ago. This was true when the Puritans were on the planet loving God in a holy way. This was true before the pandemic happened, and it's still true today. And I want us to consider the word of the Lord this morning because God's word is the truth and it will change your life. But don't forget, before we get into that, our theme for this year is knowing God and making him known. I hope that you are actively working on your own spirituality. I hope that you are desirous to know God more because none of us know him enough. Amen. Knowing God and making him known. I think the cure, here, I'll give you the punchline to the whole message. The cure for every problem that you're facing, the cure for every problem that your family is facing, the cure for every problem that the world is facing is found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But the, blind, the Bible says, as the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. The only people that can go out and share the good news of the life-changing power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is people who've experienced it. You can only give away what you possess. I don't believe anybody in this room could give me $3 billion today. If you can, see me. I'll split it with you. But you can only give away what you possess. You, 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 can't, give, you can't give somebody uh, knowledge about God if you don't have any. But we've got got to focus on knowing him and making him known. Let's let's look at his word this morning. I believe God's word is perfect. I believe it it has no mistakes in it. And I believe it is a living book. Can five people agree with that? In, In Matthew 9, 35, the Bible says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Uh, Some of y'all get tired of of me sharing some of the same things with you, but these are big problems and we need to address them and we need to understand them at a high level. There is a push in America since the 60s to have what is currently called home church. And let me tell you something, that's no church. A couple of disgruntled people who got mad at their former church decided they'd start their own thing and, and just meet around together uh, and share, share the Bible with no apostle, no prophet, no evangelist, no pastor, no teacher. Um, that, that, that's not church at all. People say, well, if you read in the book of Acts, uh, they had church from house to house. That's a lie. They did not. They, 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 get, they had church in the synagogue daily, and they gathered house to house for breaking of bread and fellowship. Now, have there been churches in houses? Sure, in persecuted times. Have there been churches that gathered together in houses? Sure, while they were hiding, while, 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 while they were uh, looking for uh, places to go where they could worship God freely. But we are Christians. We've been called to follow Christ. And, and look, look what the Bible says. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages teaching in, in houses with four disgruntled people that all hated the synagogue and the le- no he taught in the you know Jesus went to church every day that's why it blows me back when people tell me well I don't have to go to church to be a Christian yes you do now hear me good you don't have to be a, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven you don't have to go to church to be born again uh, you don't have to go to church for uh, to 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 be um, truly saved. But Christian means like Jesus, and if you want to be like Jesus, you got to go to church because Jesus went to church. So you're doing a good thing today. Uh, We are Christians. Uh, We should live the way he lived. We should do uh, the things that he did. Hear me good. Even though we won't do everything he did. There's another group of people out there promoting false religion that says uh, we're we're supposed to do everything Jesus did. Um, Well, when are they going to die on the cross? When are they going to live perfect and be, be raised from the dead? There's certain things that only God can do, amen? But we are supposed to uh, follow Christ. We're supposed to do what God tells us to do. Um, and it says that he went from town to town and, and, and through, all, through all the towns and villages of that area. Listen, do what Jesus did. That doesn't mean your journey, your specific path for God is just to grab a pair of sandals and, and walk from here to uh, Palatka and and, and and just find every church you can find and teach in them. No, but as you go about your day, you ought to be sharing the love of God. Amen? You ought to look for ways to speak up for God. You ought to look for ways. You've, you've been around. You've heard me say this, but it just blows me back. The courage of people in America to speak God's name exists only when someone sneezes. I know people never shared a good word about God in their life. They're scared to share their faith. They're scared to, to be judged for uh, their, 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 their religion. But if somebody sneezes in a bank, you can bet six people going to scream across the lobby, God bless you. Which God are we talking about? How, how are we so courageous to speak up for God on a sneeze, but we're not courageous to speak up for God for other things? Because nowhere in this Bible does it say speak up for God when somebody sneezes. But it does say as you go about your way, you should be making disciples out of everybody. You should be preaching the gospel to everybody. So as Jesus traveled, he, he preached the gospel. As Jesus traveled, he told people about the good news it said that he announced the good news about the kingdom now I believe one of the reasons why we don't share our faith as much as we should is because we've forgotten how good the news is let a good movie come out or you think it's a good movie you're going to tell somebody about it. let, let a good restaurant come out or at least you think it's a good restaurant you're going to tell somebody about it let, let something good happen to you on your job you're going to tell somebody about it why because good news is meant to be shared good news causes us to desire to share jesus knew how good the news was so he went around telling everybody about it now there are people in the earth today that believe that the church grew so rapidly because of miracles in the first century and when they talk about oh i just want to see the power of god like in the book of acts uh, I just want to see God move the way he moved in the early church. It wasn't because of miracles. It wasn't because signs and wonders. It, it wasn't because you know, people, people were uh, see, seeing wild stuff happen. It was because everybody who was saved was running around telling everybody. Imagine if you went into your job, your office, your school, and you just with wide eyes and uh, amazement. in in your face and in your voice. Have you heard? Have you did you hear? See, this is what was going on in the first century. People were running and crying. Did you hear? Did you hear the good news? Jesus of Nazareth, he's alive. They killed him on a cross. But he was raised from the dead. He's and they just went around and they spread the good news. Well, if you've been around for a while, you've heard me say that what the good news is, the the self-defining Word of God tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that the good news is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The good news is that even though our sins have separated us from God, that God in His love, mercy, and grace provided a Savior for us in Jesus. And they went around in the first century and they just told Everybody, I guarantee you this. If somebody you know died and rose up and you went to their funeral and you watched watched people put them in the ground and next week they showed up, hey, what's up, let's eat. You really believe you wouldn't tell somebody? You would be blowing up phones. You would be texting. You would be social media. You would be screaming at the top of your lungs that so-and-so came back. From the dead. This was what was going on in the first century. They were not shy to go out and tell the good news. But now, we live in a world where people are worried about their social media account. Because do you realize if you get bold enough for God on social media, guess what they're going to do? They're going to cancel your account. We've created words in in the last five years that that have taken on cultural meanings instead of properly defined meanings homophobia nobody's scared of a homosexual and i'm not maybe everybody gets quiet if you know me you've heard me say a thousand times i don't believe homosexuality is any worse than gluttony so i, I don't have an issue uh, with with, with homosexual, homosexuals thieves liars robbers people who speed going down the highway people don't wear their seatbelt even though even though the the law says you should the bible says if you have broken one law you're broken them all but we, we just got these words, cancel culture. We invented that. that, 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 that's, that that's a social construct. That is just coming. If you had told somebody 100 years ago, oh, be careful about cancel culture, that looked at you like, was that some new disease? Did that take over smallpox? Is that like the plague? Cancel culture. Where, where people are scared to death. Well, I don't want to say too much on my job. They might fire me. Not if you're a good employee. Now, I'll be honest, I've, I've owned businesses my whole life, and I have had some of the raggediest people work for me that claim to be Christians. All they want to do is sit around and talk about church all day long when there was work to do. If they didn't hire you to sit around and talk about church, do your job. But when the opportunity comes, speak up for God. It ought to be, we ought to be living the way Jesus lived, and as you go about your business, his business was traveling, teaching, and healing. And, and saving the world. And you go about your business, you ought to go about sharing the good news of the kingdom. And, and if you don't have the gift of healing, you need to pray and ask God to heal people. That's what Jesus did. But because we call ourselves Christians, we ought to concern ourselves with what Christ did. Look at verse 36. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When he saw the crowds, comma, I always tell you, pay attention to the punctuation. It'll help you understand what the word is saying. It'll raise your comprehension level. And you need to understand what you're reading. Because the Bible says with all you're getting to get what? Understanding. So when he, when Jesus saw the crowds, comma, that comma is supposed to give you cause to pause and reflect on what it just said. So we see. In this, in, one, two, three, four, five, in this five-word phrase, who is it talking about here? Who does the sing? Jesus does the sing. And 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 who does he see? The what? The crowd. But I want you to understand, he wasn't bumping through life with his eyes closed. And that's the way the majority of people are living now. Just 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 stumbling through life, just, just trying to wake up on Monday to to go through the routine so they can go to bed and get up on Tuesday, to go through the routine so they can go to bed and get up on Wednesday to do their routine, so, uh, and over and over mundane, non-purposeful living. We need to learn how to live on purpose. We need to learn how to get up every day with a desire in our heart, I am going to give God glory with my life today. I'm going to do what God has called me To do today I'm going to look for people who need to hear about God I'm going to look for people who need prayer I'm going to look for people who need encouragement when he saw the crowds he couldn't have seen them if he hadn't been looking and he was always looking with purpose I I was talking to my sister this week and, and she self confessed has low situational awareness you said that right low situational awareness um, you know, that's that's different people are gonna have different types of situational awareness, but you may have a high awareness of what's going on around you, you may have a low awareness of what's going around you, but you need to have open eyes for what God is doing everywhere you go. Open your eyes, saints. Look and behold the goodness of God. Your car cranked, you got here without a wreck, you, you put on matching shoes. Now, see, some of y'all can't understand that. Show up at at, at your job and look down. Oh, snap. Do you believe anybody ever showed up to their job with mixed match shoes on? Man, I saw a dude. I was in Greenville, South Carolina this past week. I saw a dude. He was walking down the street out on one neon green tennis shoe and one neon yellow tennis shoe. And I started to tell him, hey man, you got your, you, you. You put on two pairs of shoes this morning, but I figured, you know, this new eclectic, mix match, paddywhack, throw a dog a bone generation, he probably meant to do that. Uh, you know, you can cover up socks. You, y'all don't have no idea what color socks I got on right now. You know, and, but there's been times where I look down, back when I used to wear suits all the time. And, you know, a man crosses his leg this, this way, I'd be like, oh, snap. Men around have a black sock and a blue sock on. And they both look black in, in, in a dark bedroom. Man, you got to look for ways. Uh, I, I promise you this. I don't believe anybody in this room, thank God, for putting on matching socks today. But you should because, you know, some people don't have a pair of matching socks. Uh, If you put on a pair of socks today with a hole in the toe, I have to look every now and then at Seth's clothes in the dryer. Seth does all his own clothes. been doing them since he was a small child because I wasn't going to do them for him. And that's a little bit of a joke, but real. Uh, Every now and then I have to look in the dryer because I'm trying to get in the dryer and his stuff is in there. And I'll see a sock with a hole in it. I'll be like, son, why you got a sock with a hole? It's fine, Dad. Like, throw them socks away. We got enough money to go to Walmart and get you a bag of socks. Ooh, I would never shop at Walmart because you're Sadiddy. <laughs> but if, listen, there are people who all their socks have holes in them. And if you've never, and I don't even want to hear, I don't even want to ask, because some of y'all are lie and say you did it. I have worn a pair of socks with a hole in the toe. And had my big toe step out of that sock. You know what I'm talking about, Sonia? And I have to go through a whole day knowing my big toe's rubbing on this shoe. But even though we smile and we laugh, we still don't thank God for socks without holes in them. I'm trying to get you to open your eyes a little bit. I'm trying to get you to see things a little bit. I, I, I'm trying to get you to see. Um, I, I hate to tell this story on my sister, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Nicest woman I've ever known most peaceful woman I've ever known. Conflict adverse. I mean always unruffling feathers, always going in front of everything to make sure it's good and, and going behind it to make sure it's bad. Uh uh make sure it's not bad. To to fix everything. She just she's just, a, she's just a, a, a hard worker and she doesn't want any type of feathers to be ruffled. And so it all it shocked me so much when she we were talking one day about postpartum depression and she was talking about how real that is um and how I don't even remember if it was for Chelsea or Kristen. For Chelsea? First baby, okay. First baby, she's a new mother. And, I mean, just, just if, if you know Dina, you know she's just sweet through and through. Um, she was a good person before Christ, a better person since Christ. Uh, and some of us were bad people before Christ, amen? And God's still working on us, right? But anyway, it was so mind-blowing to me that she said, uh, you know, crying baby, everything, her, her hormones were off. And she was just on edge, and she, she was dealing with some emotion stuff. And she said that, you know, Scott sleeps so good, he would sleep through the baby crying. And she'd have to get up and deal with the baby. She's tired, you know. She's a new mother, nursing, taking care of a new baby, all that stuff, um, with colic. And uh, we, 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 we don't do it the way uh, uh, in, in, in the white culture. I don't know why, but uh, in the Hispanic, we got any Hispanics in the room? Jessica, raise your hand. Okay, we got a couple Hispanics in the room. In Hispanic culture, um, do y'all realize they're liable to move uh, mama, sister, and TT in for three months? You have a new baby. Is, is that true or false, Jessica? Don't they do it? Uh, they, they, they move across country, be like, new baby in the family. We're going to go stay with them. For, that didn't happen for Dean. Dina. Dean is sitting there trying to deal with all this. Uh, and she said she rolled over and he was sleeping like a baby. She was exhausted. He's sitting there just snoring. Don't hear this baby, colicky baby. He won't wake up. She said, I thought about taking a pair of scissors and stabbing him in his neck. I'm like, what kind of alien has abducted my sweet, kind, loving, do-anything-for-anybody sister? What am I trying to tell you? If you live in a house with other people and they had not stabbed you in the neck yet, thank the Lord. Because it could have happened, and, and on the flip side, thank God she didn't do it. If they didn't do it to you, and you didn't do it to them. Yeah, absolutely. You, you just, pfft. we need to learn how to thank God for everything. The, Bi- the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If you have the power to get up and get dressed in the morning, you ought to thank God. If you're in your right mind mostly to where, to where you can get your shoes on. Hey, listen, where you can get your pants on. Could you imagine walking outside, driving all the way to work, getting out and thinking, Oh, Lord, I've got to put my pants on. You'd be like, nobody would do, listen, people do all kinds of crazy stuff. We saw a guy straight up, Seth pointed him out. Seth's got great situational awareness. Seth pointed out a guy, we we were walking downtown Greenville, cold outside. And there was a man walking in the middle of the street. Car's going this way, car's going that way. I'm not sure if he had any clothes on at all. Old guy, long hair, Uh, disheveled had an old gray wool blanket some of y'all remember them old gray wool blankets wrapped around him I can only see him from here down but Seth's like dad that man's walking barefoot on concrete and it's cold outside I looked at him I thought well he ain't just barefoot (laughs) have you stumbled down the street naked with a blanket wrapped around you barefoot on concrete this week man you ought to see how good God is Jesus saw stuff when he went. And he was always looking for the glory of his father. And we need to be doing that too. But I want you to notice what he had. He had compassion on them. On who? On the crowds? Not just on certain people, not just on people that looked like him, not just on people that believed like him, not just on people that that, that were part of his group. He had compassion on the crowds. We need to learn how to have compassion on the crowds. See, because if you only love people that look like you, man, I, I, I saw something today. I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I, I saw something last month, and it just made me think because I'm, I'm a thinking person. And a good friend of mine from a church around the corner uh, was celebrating his anniversary. And he, he, he put on there uh, how much he loved his queen, and he said, There's nothing in the world more beautiful than black love. Uh, Uh, He said, I love seeing black people love black people. Hashtag beautiful black love. I thought, well, that's sweet. But what if we flipped that? What if Jessica put on there? Are you married to a Hispanic man? What if if Jessica put on there? Now, I don't know, is he Puerto Rican? I thought so. Okay, well, see, you can't put Puerto Rican love on there. But what what if she just put Hispanic There's nothing more beautiful in the world than Hispanics loving Hispanics. Well, what you trying to say about us? And that, that wouldn't really phase nobody, but then I thought, well, let's just take it all the way in. What if Nancy Rich just put on her social media when it's, when it's her and her white husband's anniversary? There's nothing more beautiful than white people loving white people. Hashtag beautiful white love. Oh, now see, that even got Deacon Dixon's eyebrow raised up. What, what, what am I telling you? I ain't phased by none of that stuff. People are going to do what they're going to do. But listen, it's easy for some people to love those that look like them. This is where prejudice comes from. This is where racism comes from. This is where misunderstanding comes from. That's why I love what Charles Barkley said, and it's only happened because he's open-minded. He's seen lots of people, and, and he's traveled. He said, I travel all across the world. He, they were asking him about racism, and he said, I travel all across the world, and I, I've come to believe this. This is my own belief. He said, um... I, I, I've met lots of white people, most of them were good folk. I've met lots of black people, most of them were good folk, and I've met lots of, of of all types of people, and most of them were good folk. But the media wants us to hate each other and wire us up against each other all the time, and they do a good job of it. So people run to their own. It's all about misunderstanding. It's all about lack of exposure. The, do you know the average racist has never really sat down? Uh, for for an extended length of time. The the average white racist has not sat down for an extended length of time, shared a meal, hung out in a home, and really got to know a black person. Just haven't done it. But it doesn't just just work on that way. The average black person has has never, never done the same thing either. So we just think that we're all so different. But hear me good. If you don't hear anything else, we all bleed red, we all breathe oxygen, we're all going to live, we're all going to die, red, yellow, black, or white. we got one life to live, and we better learn how to love everybody. <laughs> Jesus had compassion on the, on, on the whole crowd. And we, need, we call ourselves Christians, we need to be like Jesus was. But his compassion stemmed from a different area. His compassion did not stem for, uh, oh, that person's wearing the same uh, Team Jersey that I support. Oh, that person looks like me. Oh, that person uh, believes like me. No, his compassion stemmed from the realization that they were confused and helpless. The people in the crowds were confused and helpless. And I don't know who it was, uh, and you don't have to tell me. um, And certainly don't text it to me or email it to me. I've got 29,000 unopened emails in my Outlook. Oh, no, 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 that my, my IT person said it crashes at 29,000. I've got 145,000 unopened emails in my Outlook. Now, I'll open it if it comes and i recognize it, but if it don't, I'm not going to. But don't, you don't have to tell me who said this, but one person said the more things change, the more they what? Stay the same. It takes effort to change. Just left alone, things will just they, 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 they'll just be what they're going to be. And people then were confused and helpless. And guess what people in Jacksonville are right now? Guess what people inside your house are right now? Guess what that person that brushed your teeth this morning can possibly be at times? Y'all not, y'all not trying to help me now. We got to make this thing personal. See, the, the trick of the devil is to get you to want somebody else to be more spiritual while you yourself stay unaffected by the cause. When Christianity is you letting God work on you and letting God work on other people. You know, there's a lot of houses, uh, families in America where one person thinks they're the most spiritual person in the world and everybody else needs to come up to where they are when in reality that person needs to realize, I need to come up to where God is. Mm, that's a good message, y'all y'all better take it in. He had compassion on them. Why? Because they were confused and helpless. I want to tell you, we live in some difficult times right now. We live in some times where people are confused and helpless. We're facing a lot of difficulties in the world today, and we, we need to see more than us for and no more. We, we need to see that God is bigger than America it's wild I know I know poor people that believe in their whole heart that God loves them more than rich people because it's hard for a rich man to enter into heaven the very next verse said without God all things are possible God loves everybody but people want to act like God loves their their special group the most we need to understand that that God is bigger than our own group God is bigger than any one denomination God is bigger than any one city side of town country continent uh, there's problems we're facing. All over the world, biggest thing in the news right now. Anybody want to take guess what the biggest thing in the news right now? Ukraine, the war in Ukraine. Do you realize that has pushed everything else to the back burner? I told you, Anthony Fauci's in the federal witness protection program. It's a dude who was on TV 25 times a day for two years. I don't see him anymore. You realize the CDC admitted last week that they are no longer releasing for the public numbers on deaths by cities, states, or countries and no longer releasing information on deaths by vaxxed or unvaxxed people. Why? Because, you know, well, the numbers aren't anymore supporting their, their truth, their narrative. So they've moved on and they push to the front of the news line, hear me good whatever they want to they push to the front they they want to consume us with whatever they want how many of y'all I, I, you may know it you may not know it but let me tell you this ukraine and russia ain't the only two countries at war right now uh who, who was it the serbians were fighting what the, uh, the slavs who uh, this i don't even remember y'all don't know y'all uh, y'all, y'all just know where you want to eat lunch today but country's been at war for decades There's there's wars going on, but, and here's the crazy thing, mostly the news channels that compete against each other, Fox and CNN, mostly they they don't agree on much, but they all coming into agreement right now about Ukraine and Russia, so we, we got a war, why? Because it is a big deal, it is a big deal when you've got one country, Russia is the only country in the world that has more nuclear bombs than the United States. And that's, we know they're reporting that they have more than we have. How many of y'all know they're hiding some? Now, let me see if you really uh, uh, understand the world. How, how many of y'all know we're reporting some and we're hiding some? But Russia is the only country on the planet that has a nuclear, uh, nuclear capability that exceeds that of the United States. Why is that important? Because if this one little five foot seven man uh, who's on his way out, and desperate decides to push that button. The world is going to change. The world is going to change. Uh, mo- most people in this room had a or a great-grandparent who lived through a world war, who 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 lived through the process. Of, you know, we we lost uh, a handful of people in a twenty-year battle, and I'm not I'm not downplaying it. You know, I'm a patriot. I love the United States, and I thank God for our military every day. Um, we lost less people in Afghanistan that we lost in one day in Gettysburg I mean we, we we haven't been in a major conflict but because Russia has that capacity that that's all we're hearing about but that's not the only thing that, listen everybody in this room is helpless to put an end to the Russia-Ukraine war can you agree with that Everybody in this room is confused at some level. Either that or you're arrogant and you think you know everything. But every normal person in this room is confused at some level as to how long and for why this Ukraine-Russia thing is going to keep going on. Everybody in this room is confused and helpless at some level to, to figure out what's going to happen as a result of this. How many people are getting drugged in? Because immediately America jumped in to start sending. Congress voted to, to send 14 billion dollars now we're bi- we're trillions of dollars in debt we can't pay our own bills well here's 14 billion dollars let's give that to Ukraine I'm not saying that was right or wrong but what I'm saying is there was so much unanimous consent <coughs> left right conservative liberal uh, jumped right in to help Ukraine now China's jumped in to help Russia um, it just, this, this thing could just escalate, escalate, escalate. It's, it's a big deal. You ought to be praying for peace in our earth. But that's not the only difficulty we're facing. What about crime? You think there's an epidemic of crime? Do you know America's not the only place to have crime? Uh, why, why don't you just go in, in, into some of the barrios in Mexico and, and, and find out what... What crime looks like why don't you go to Honduras and find out what some crime looks like we're not the only country dealing with crime problems crime is is a problem around the world but you know why you don't hear about it so much not a lot of dollars to be made in it not a lot of monetary profit to talk about crime if America wanted to we could stop the right now 2021 most murders ever in Chicago. Most violent year in Chicago history. In in many major cities around the country, uh, murder is up. They're killing 11 people a week in Chicago, and I'm talking about 3-year-old little girls. And y'all know me. I'm fine with saying people's names. People people need justice, and and people ought to speak out for injustice. uh, But can anybody tell me the name of the 4-year-old girl that got shot by a stray bullet this week in Chicago? Say her name. Well, there's not a whole lot of money in that, preacher. And, you know, we can't get a rally together over that because, you know, that's just Chicago. It just, you know, that's, that's just Chicago being Chicago. It's not a problem. We got more people being murdered in, in major cities across America. We got lots of issues. We got racism. We, listen, if you haven't paid attention to what's happening in the gas prices, <laughs> man, I, I was alive when, when, I, when I, I, I can remember gas below 50 cents. I paid 35 cents a gallon, not as a driver, but to put a, do, a gallon of gas in a gas can when I was in the third grade to cut people's yards with. But I remember as a driver putting gas in my car for under a dollar. I, I remember people saying stuff like, well, if gas ever goes to $2, I'm going to buy a horse. And they don't know how expensive it is to take care of a horse. I remember hearing people say, if cigarettes go to $3, I'm going to just quit. Nobody bought a horse. Nobody quit. I remember a lot of people saying, uh, if Donald Trump becomes president of the United States, they're going to leave the country. Nobody left the country. Joe Biden said, if Donald Trump won the presidency, he was going to put you all back in chains. Nobody went into chains. Joe Biden said yesterday that we need to accept the fact that the world has changed and embrace the new world order. New world order. Google it. Google Joe Biden, new world order, right out of his mouth. It's a lot going on. But you know why people aren't fired up about it? Because the news is not pushing it to us because they're not making any money off it. They don't care but I mean, gas prices were big until this Ukraine thing started. Now it's just like, well, you know, gas is going up. Well, what's going to happen when it goes to $6 a gallon? It's over seven fifty for the first time in American history. No, no time ever has gas been this expensive. Now I ought to just put it on the loop and play it for y'all. I told y'all, see, I don't care who wins the presidency of the United States. I really don't. They, to me, they're all pro wrestlers. They all live in neighborhoods we can't afford to send their children to schools we can't afford to send our children to. They all, they all smoke the same overpriced cigars and drink the same overpriced liquor that none of us could afford. They all, they, they're all, uh, you know, on their own lean. Uh, I, my, my, I'm not, I don't care about who's in the White House. I care about who's on the throne in heaven. But I told y'all, if your guy won, uh, thank God for it. If your guy lost, thank God for it because God's in control. I said so. I'm not phased by who, who wins every four years, but I'd have put this on a loop. I did say, on the Sunday after the election happened, uh, that you can kiss a dollar eighty-seven uh, cents a gallon for gas goodbye. Anybody remember me saying that? I said you would ne- And now, what, where where are we at now? Four dollars. Four thirty. Dean was so excited. Where we get gas for in Georgia? She was bouncing off the walls. She's like, oh, praise the Lord. 370, what, eight? 370. You know, they, they, they manipulate that penny, right? 377.9. <laughs> but do you realize even at that, that's still double what it was a year and a half ago? But we just forget about these things. We forget, we forget about the, the big things and, and we let. Uh, the media pushed to us. Why? Because we're not walking with our eyes open. We're being controlled by the media. We got lots of problems going on. There's a labor shortage. We ate at Chick-fil-A yesterday. Uh, Chick-fil-A is the most customer-friendly group of people in the world. Um, they they are trained to just to smile and, and be friendly. They're trained. If you say uh, thank you, they're not supposed to say you're welcome. Anybody know what they say at you? My pleasure. I had a manager went to our church at Chick-fil-A, told me... Uh, Pastor, you know I love you and I think you're brilliant, but we wouldn't hire you at Chick-fil-A. I said, I've run, I, I've run multi-million dollar businesses, son. What are you talking about? You wouldn't hire me at, to, to, to do you want fries with that. I can say, do you want fries with that? Is, is, is that just the sandwich or the meal? I can say that. You want sweet tea or unsweet? I can say all that. He said, yeah, but it's the way you say it. He told me, now this was the, this was the food line uh, or the uh, Chick-fil-A in Oakleaf. He said, we don't hire people with discernible accents. I'm like, everybody I ever met at a Chick-fil-A had a discernible accent, white or black. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. you they, 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 but they're always on point, and they're usually pretty fast. We walked in Chick-fil-A yesterday. They had a sign up. It says, due to a national labor shortage, um, wait, your wait time may be longer than expected. I thought, Lord, it's already it's hit the Chick-fil-A. It has hit the Chick-fil-A. What are we dealing with? We're dealing with national labor shortage. I never thought a day in my The Ruby Tuesday in Fleming Island has a sign out front of it that says $500 signing bonus. I thought, you're treating minimum wage people like, you know, professional running backs at this point. We have a labor shortage. We got businesses that are shut down. Uh, Deacon Scott... Uh, What is that, a Burger King? He can't eat that certain days a week. They just shut down because they don't have employees. You're like, well, I don't care. I don't eat at Burger King. Don't you realize it's coming to a location near you? Don't you realize a shortage of doctors, a shortage of nurses, a shortage of teachers, a shortage of first responders, don't you understand that eventually that is going to cripple our society? Nobody talking about that on the news, which is just a live update from Lviv just outside of Poland. There's more. Bu- okay, well, that's not the only problem. Lots of problems going on. Supply line distribution efforts. Go ahead and try to buy something. We, we had one, one, one politician said, uh, I don't feel sorry for you if, if you have to wait an extra three months for your washing machine. I'm thinking, I do. I don't buy a washing machine till mine goes out. I need to be able to go to the store and get one. There's just stuff that's not available. We we we. She said we're spoiled as a country. We're used to being able to to walk in a store and buy what we want. I'm like, yeah. That's 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 why I don't live in Guatemala. I want to buy what I want to buy. Um, but I'm telling you, we got problems, and 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 they're getting worse. Our borders are. They they finally said it again yesterday. They started talking about the borders again because we're back to record levels of illegal immigrants coming across the borders. And I'm going to let you know, I am for immigration. I am completely for immigration. Uh, My family wouldn't be here if it wasn't for immigration. Uh, America is for immigration. What, What country do you think has the most immigrants in it of all 220 countries on the planet? The United States of America. Do you think it's close? No, we got more immigrants in this country, legal immigrants in this country, than the next five closest countries behind us. Then you you listen to the right news broadcast, you're going to find out, well, America's trying to keep out black and brown people. Do you realize over 95% of all immigrants coming into America are people of color? And we let in over a million a year legally? You know, y'all, y'all all you shake Jessica's hand on the way out. That's her familiar. huh? What's that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I was gonna say not from Cuba. We got to get him his papers up. Hell, oh, he's got them. See, I'm for immigration, but I'm for legal immigration. Just like President Obama said, we are a nation of immigrants, but we're also a nation of laws. And we shouldn't let people skip the line of folk who have done the right way. We got a million people coming in legally every year. We got people that spent money, time, and effort to get their paperwork right. There's a process to this thing. But uh, not not only do we lead the, the world in number of immigrants in our country, we lead the world in numbers that we let come in. But I'm gonna tell you this: we got trouble keeping our own people in this country fed right now. We got people. We got trouble put, putting roofs over our own people's heads right now. We got 22 veterans a day committing suicide because of difficulties, hardships, uh, and and mental health. And we're just like, and I see people on the day like, Well, we should just let everybody come on in. We should let everybody come in legally that wants to come in. I am for immigration. But we got a crisis at the border right now and we got people sneaking into our country that are being planted subversively by other countries we got drug dealers sneaking people in we got sex trafficking sneaking people in we we got some real issues and you can walk through life blind and and act like you know what's for lunch and you know i ain't got no problems because i got three dollars in my pocket but the reality is jesus saw the crowds and he realized they were confused and they were helpless oh yeah and besides crime racism Gas prices, food prices. You notice your food bill lately? Food prices, uh, uh, co- cost of electricity prices. Besides all that, we're still in a pandemic. People act like because restaurants opened up, we're not still in a pandemic. They, no, they no cure. There ain't nothing changed. You, you know why people? You know why people aren't wearing masks today? They just got tired up. Pandemic didn't go away. is is it still out there I just had COVID in in the last week of January now I believe the reason I got it is because I had gone three weeks without eating food I was in the last three days of my fast and I think my immune system got depleted um but besides all these troubles we're still in a worldwide pandemic what are you saying pastor we got we got issues we got issues that are so complex we got issues that we can't solve. You can't solve Ukraine and Russia right now by snapping your fingers. You can't solve this pandemic by snapping your fingers. You can't solve racism and gas prices by snapping your fingers. You can't solve the fact that in all the high schools in Baltimore, Maryland, in last year's graduating class, there was not one senior who was proficient in English or math. Sixteen high schools. I didn't say they didn't have one that was proficient in both. Not one proficient in English, not one proficient in math. And, and, and do you know what the superintendent of uh, the school system said there? Well, these people have been through enough with the pandemic. We're just going to go ahead and, and let them graduate because we don't want them to feel bad about themselves having to redo their senior year. Can't read and can't write? We, 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 we got some issues going on, and, and, and if we don't open our eyes... And start having compassion on people. See, he, here's what the devil wants you to think. Well, they just need to do better. They just need to work harder. Listen, you need to have more compassion. Jesus had compassion. Jesus above anybody could have looked at everybody like, y'all just need to do better. But we, he had compassion, and we need to have compassion. Because we're living in a world where people are confused and helpless. Why? Because they're like sheep without a shepherd I want you to hear this and I'm gonna get out of your way in just a minute everybody on this planet needs a shepherd because no matter how competent you feel no matter how self able you feel no matter how much you've accomplished in your life there are problems in life that are above our pay grade there are difficulties on this planet that we cannot solve and we need somebody who leads us who guides us, who protects us, who cares for us. And the Bible says that the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And we need that good shepherd in our life. Verse 37 says, He said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. Now see, this is a message to those who are disciples. He didn't say this to just church members. He didn't say this to... Sunday go to meeting, folk he didn't say this to people who don't read their Bible he said this to disciples uh, so I looked in the dictionary and I, and I wrote these down so I can quote them for you a disciple according to the encyclopedia is somebody who believes in and follows the teachings of a leader philosophy or religion believes in and follows the teachings so let me ask you this don't answer out loud are you really a disciple do you believe in And follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. If you are, then possibly you're a disciple. Uh, The Webster's Dictionary said, One who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another. Whoo, that just took it deeper. Do you assist in spreading the doctrines of another? Because that's part of the meaning of disciple. He's already commanded us to do that and and jesus said the harvest is great but the workers are few you don't have to go to some war ravaged village our 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 church in monrovia liberia west africa terry's standing right in front of that banner waving everybody terry they see that banner our our, our our we we have 13 churches that we support there New Crew Town, Pastor Coons' church is in New Crew Town, Monrovia, Liberia, West Africa. And if you do any research on New Crew Town, Monrovia, Liberia, West Africa, you will see that it is commonly reported as the most war-ravaged, Ebola-ravaged village on the planet. Real trouble. Real, we don't have to go to New Crew Town in West Africa to, to find out that the harvest is great. There's a lot of work needs to be done for the gospel in New Crewtown. Town. That's why we send them money every month. And you that give help make that possible. And you ought to be grateful that you're not just giving so that the preacher can get a raise or that we can pave a parking lot or put, put you know, new signs up and buy radio time. When we give at this church, we send money out to the whole world to support the advancement of God's kingdom. Because the harvest is great in Africa, but it's great on Georgetown Drive. It's great on Firestone. You, you, you got kids that went to Jeff Davis, right? You, you, you think there's some problems at Jeff Davis? You think there's, there's, there's a lot of work that needs to be done uh, to make, make uh, Jeff Davis, the, the local community, the, fam- the families that send kids there? You think that there, there's a great amount of work that could be done just in there? Just in that one school. We could dedicate our whole church to, to, to assisting the families just in that one school and, and work our fingers to the bone for the next hundred years. You don't have to go to some other continent to find the harvest is great. The harvest is great on 103rd Street. The harvest is great. You're like, well, I live in a, in a nice, uh, it's great there too because people need Jesus no matter where they live. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. Paul is talking about expanding advancing the kingdom and he said there's a wide open door for a great work here although many oppose me this is the continuing message for every gospel ministry on the planet well there's there's a lot of opportunity for a great work off georgetown drive if your church is on Blanding Boulevard. A lot of opportunity for a great work on Blandy Boulevard. If you're church in the heart of Ponte there's a lot of opportunity for a great work in Ponte Vedra, but there's opposition. It's always going to be opposition. Why? Because the devil don't want you to get off your seat and do nothing and start doing something. The devil don't want you to get off your seat of comfortability and start having compassion on the crowds. The devil don't want you to get off your high horse and start realizing maybe it's time for me to start serving God the way the Bible says, I ought to serve God. And that goes for everybody from the preacher to the sound booth, to left to right. But there's going to be opposition. Well, when things get a little better in my life, I'll start to, uh, Listen, the scripture says if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never do anything. The farmer can't look out and say, a little cloudy today. I don't think I'll plant my field get up the next day and say well yeah my back hurts a little bit i don't think i'll plant anything today you know what he'll lose a whole crop and everybody in his family will die because of it stop waiting for perfect conditions to start serving god stop waiting for perfect conditions to start being the man the woman the young person that god created you to be there's a big opportunity for you to do something great for god there's going to be opposition listen to what the, the bible says in matthew eleven twelve. From the, time of John, from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. So I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping this up, but, but help me with this part. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing. I want somebody with some comprehension to tell us, how does the kingdom advance? Forcefully. The kingdom of God doesn't advance when the people of God just sit at the house. Well, I'm just praying for all the babies in the world. God bless Mommy and Daddy and Bubba and T.T. and all the people. That's great for a three-year-old. But if you want to see God advance the kingdom, it's going to require some effort. It's going to require you forcing yourself to begin to do it. And listen to what the scripture says. And violent people are attacking We still got people attacking the lord's church a couple years ago the city told us we couldn't meet we all, all the churches had to shut down and every pastor i know except one shut his church down me and one other guy and that didn't make me special and that didn't make our church special we were just doing the least of what god told us to do he commanded us to gather together on the first day of the week and to worship him and to pay attention to the reading of the word and to bring our tithes and offerings And a fellowship with like-minded believers and sing praises in the the congregation. People are attacking our way of life as Christians. People are attacking the kingdom of God. And we need to be advancing the kingdom of God. The answer is in the last verse I'm going to read for you today. Matthew 9, 38 from our opening text. So, means because of that, Because of everything I just said, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Pray to the Lord. Why? Because he's the one in charge of the harvest. Would you really like to see America get better? Would you really like to see struggling school systems rise up? And it's happening everywhere. When I moved into uh, Eagle Landing in the oakleaf area all the schools in eagle landing were nine out of ten according to the greatschoolsofamerica.com which rates every school in america on a one to ten level now the junior high i think is a seven and the high school is a six so a year and a half ago i said well we're leaving this failing school system here they were all a schools they turned into all c schools so i'm like well we got to get up out of here let's look for somewhere around the way that's got schools that are all A schools and and, and ranked highly. Fleming Island wasn't that far of a move, so I'm like, okay, well, let's get up into somebody. You know what? Now Fleming Island's seven and eight. So what you're going to do? Oh, well, let's move to St. John's. I'm going to send my kids to Nice. I'm going to move to Nocatee. I'm going to send my kids to Ponte Vedra High School. Well, go and give it a few years. Guess what's going to happen there? Trouble's coming everywhere. Trouble's coming everywhere. But God is in charge of this harvest, and it is everywhere. The harvest is plenteous. There's a great harvest out there. There's so much. We just got to open our eyes and be compassionate about it. I had a preacher ask me, he said, Pastor, your church does, and he's right here in the city, church much larger than ours. He said, your church does a lot to help poor people. Where do you find so many poor people? You don't take much looking. And I told him, if you start doing something to benefit hurting people, hurting people will show up. They didn't take my advice, but people have their eyes closed. No compassion. No realization that people are confused. This is why I stopped being mad at people. I stop being upset by people that don't love God the way I think they should. Because I know they're confused and helpless. I know they need God to help them because they can't help themselves. You know, if you could fix all your problems, you'd already be fixed. If every alcoholic could stop drinking on their own, there wouldn't be no alcoholics in the world. If every drug addict could stop doing drugs, on their own, there wouldn't be no drug addicts in the world. If every bad person could stop being a bad person, there wouldn't be no bad people in the world. But we need the Lord. We need the Lord. We need to pray and ask God. To do something and it tells us exactly what we need to do and i'm going to ask you to to make a mental note of this i'm going to ask you to start including this in your prayer life because this is what god has commanded us to do he didn't make this as an option he said pray to the lord and ask him to send more workers into his fields and that's what we need to do we need to pray that god would send more people to help chicago stop killing each other we need to pray that God will send more people to Jacksonville to, to, to help with the issues that we're facing. Our educational system is, is, uh, w- was never great, and it's worse now. We need to pray and ask God. Whatever problem you can identify, you need to pray to the one who's in charge, and you need to ask him, send people to help, God. Send people to help. Send people to help Jeff Davis. Send, send people to help the west side of Jacksonville. Send people to help the south side of Chicago. Send people to help. Uh, I mean, we got the whole world right now is praying to send people to help the Ukraine. And I'm not upset about that. And you ought to pray to God to send people to help the Ukraine. But you ought to pray to God to send people to help Russia too. These soldiers just do what they're told to do. They didn't pick this. We need to start praying more. And what, when we pray, we need to ask God specifically. Send more workers into his field. Now, a lot of people won't pray that because some of y'all are smart enough to know. If you start praying that God would send more people to help at Abundant Life, guess what's going to happen? He's going to put you to work. Why? Because judgment must first begin in the house of God. Why, why would God send more people to help? Pastor Scott, we need to get some new members in the church because, you know, we only got a handful of people still helping in food and clothing. I understand we only got a handful of people still helping in food and clothing. But guess what? We got enough people here that if everybody just got busy doing what they could do for God, it ain't, it ain't that uh, I, I want to see God send more people because many hands make light work, and, and the, the harvest is great. And I want to see our food and clothing ministry open five days a week, if not seven. Uh, We're still in negotiation with the city about this uh, septic issue on that field and with with the contractor about uh, getting this work done. There's supply line problems. There's labor problems taking longer than I wanted it to. But I want to see us get this building built. I want to see us have the food and clothing ministry more active. So, sure, we need more workers because there's so much work to be done. But everybody on the team ought to chip in. You know, most basketball rosters have 13 to 15 active players at any given time. Every every baseball roster has 25 players uh, at all times until the playoffs they expanded. But do you realize they don't expect as much out of that 13th player as they expect out of that first player? They don't, you know, Uh, whatever your team is. Uh, If you you like the Los Angeles Lakers, you probably don't even know who the 13th player is on the Los Angeles Laker benches. That's the guy that sits way down at the back and he he never takes his sweatsuit off and he's clapping for everybody because he knows he's not going to get in the game. But he shows up and he does what he can do. Everybody needs to pitch in. And I don't know what you can do, but I know this, we all need to be asking God to send more workers into the field. And I'm here to warn you, if you ask God to send more workers into the field, He's going to show you where you can do more work in the field. And you're like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. You should. You should because I can promise you this. When you start living for a cause bigger than yourself and your own family, life takes on a whole new meaning. When you realize you're a part of a great kingdom and a great king and you're doing something to benefit the whole, life takes on a whole new meaning. And I want you to start praying and asking God to send more workers into the field. We got Easter coming up in just a couple of weeks. It is predetermined that people know churches are going to be asking everybody to come to church on Easter. And I want everybody in this room to bring somebody to church on Easter. Because I'm going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to preach the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you know anybody who's not saved, I want you to get them in this room at 1030 on Easter Sunday. I want you to invite everybody you know. You ought to be doing that anyway. But Easter gives us a special reason. Our church, Listen, here's, here, here's, your, here's your script, and I'm done. Our church is having a special service on Easter, and I'd like you to come as my guest. Over 90% of people surveyed that don't go to church said if somebody asked them to come with them, they'd come at least once. And I want you to go out, and I want you to tell everybody you know, our church is having a special service. Because all our services are special because the guest of honor is special. That's Jesus. Somebody asked me uh, this week, so you own your own church? I'm like, no, I don't own anything at that church. I don't. Uh, I, if Even when I retire or if I die, uh, if I re- retire before I die, I don't even get to take an ink pen home. I can't take that desk. None, none of this stuff belongs to me. The church belongs to the Lord. And that's what makes the church of Jesus Christ special because he's the guest of honor. Not the pastor, not the parking lot, not the children's programs. Jesus shows up when we gather in his name. And you need to let people know. I ought to write this down. Go ahead and type it on the screen, uh, Rick, if you can. I'm not fast that this thing works. Um, our church is having a special service on Easter Sunday morning at 10 30. Doesn't work like that? Oh charity typing. Rick laughed. He's like, I work on computers, sir. Our church is having a special service at 1030 on Easter Sunday morning, and I want you to come and be my guest. Our church is having a special service on Easter Sunday morning at 1030, and I want you to come and be my special guest. Listen, kids, y'all talk about everything on texting. I don't think they do it anymore. Do, does it, do kids still text? I I used to know so many teenagers that would brag. I can send a text in my pocket without ever pulling my phone out. They're just bold now. They text in front of the teacher. They're like, put your phone up. She said, put your phone up. Aha, emoji, emoji. You know you're old when you text like this. Yeah. Kids are... I'm like, how are they pushing all those buttons that fast? No way they know what they just said. But you can send all those texts out about random stuff. Text, text everybody you know in your in your in in your arena. Let everybody know in your arena. Our church is having a special thank you, Ray. Our church is having a special service at 1030 on Easter Sunday morning, and I want you to come and be my special guest. You know why? Because the kingdom of God advances forcefully. And it's gonna take some force for us to get some people in here. To introduce them to the kingdom of God. It's being attacked. The devil don't want you to invite your family. Your cousins. Your friends. Your family. Your co-workers. Your classmates. To come and show up. But the Bible says go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full. And we've got a psychological advantage coming up. In just a couple of weeks. People know church folk are going to be inviting them to come to church. Listen. See, y'all, 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 got the big, y'all got the biggest advantage because you got yours in here and you got yours in here. Mothers and grandmothers, they got the huge advantage, especially on Christmas Mother Day and Easter. That's why they're seeing me Christians out there. Christmas Mother Day and Easter, churches have more people come to them. You know why? Because mothers tell their children, you don't have to buy me anything. I want you to come to church with mama. Anybody believe that happens? Mothers tell, listen. You might not be a mother in here, but if you are, you ought to tell everybody that calls you mama, big mama, or cares about you. Let them know I want you to come to church with me on Easter. If you're not a mother, if you're you're a man, a young person, you can do the same thing. Our church is having a special service at 1030 on Easter Sunday morning. I want you to come be my special guest. Oh, we put the date on there. Look at Rick. April 17th. That's just what? Two weeks? Three weeks away? Three weeks away, I want you to start telling everybody you know. Why? Because the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. So my final question to you today, will you be a laborer? Will you? See, I prayed already that God would send more laborers into this desperate need of people needing to hear the gospel. Because all these problems, the answer to all these problems is Jesus. We need to introduce people to Jesus. That's going to happen on April 17th. So will you be a laborer? Will you work for the cause? Will you do something to help somebody hear about the good news of Jesus Christ? See, Elaine, Elaine's screenshot that. She's like, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to call. I'm going to, put, I'm, going to text, I'm going to text that exact man. Listen, will you be a laborer? Will you go out and tell somebody? That we're having a special service. You can say that every week. I want to see you start bringing people to church. See, I don't have the answer for them other than Jesus. I can't fix them, but God can. And I promise you, together we can point people to Jesus, and He can change their life, He can change their destiny. Pray with me, God, thank you for saving us. Thank you, God for loving us. Thank you for your instruction in your book, and God, I ask you to send us forth. Help us not to just be church people who sit in chairs. Help us to be disciples who assist in the spreading, in the advancing of your kingdom. God, I pray you'd fill us with your spirit and give us a desire to love you more than we love ourselves. Give us an urgency to go out and proclaim your name to every creature on this planet. We love you and we thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening To the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast And visit us on the web At AOCFnow.org Your financial support For this ministry Allows us to share the gospel Around the world Your support is greatly appreciated If you would like to give a donation Please go to AOCFnow.org Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church Loving God loving people.